0: Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled babbe com slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply.
1: Before we get started with this episode of Bench with Bubba, I wanted to talk to you about RotoBaller.com. Win big in 2022 with RotoBaller.com's MLB and DFS Premium Pass, which includes 15 exclusive lineup tools, daily DFS cheat sheets, and our new Team Sync platform. Use RotoBaller's exclusive hitter projections, pitching planners, DFS value plays, research stations, lineup optimizer, and more to help you win big. Welcome everybody another episode of and the Bat Flip, episode 124. going to recap your week six fab action across the NFBC and much, much more. You find myself on Twitter at B D Trick in my coast, as always, on Twitter at Bat Flip Crazy. Toby, how are we doing, man?
2: Uh, we're doing all right, Bubba. Um, I survived a barrage of uh, hate mail regarding my stances on Little League uh, baseball, um, but I'm still here, so
1: it's good. Perfect. Perfect. That's great to hear. And, uh, your stances weren't wrong. So that, that's awesome as well. Um, you got your fight in Phillies hat on. Is it because of Aaron Nola doing Nola things? Castellanos went deep. Is it JTR? What do we got going I'm, on here?
2: I'm just, I think I'm just hoping for JTR. I was going to wear my Reds hat, um, because the Reds, you know, after starting three and 22 are one of the better teams in the league since then. So <laughs> I thought I'd, I'd go with my bold prediction that they were going to win the, win the world series but uh, I went with the Phillies instead just out of selfish desire to encourage JTR to hit a a home run.
1: Good, good. Hopefully he does it so far through five, no home run, but plenty of time to go against the Mariners this evening. But as usual, folks, we're going to go through some uh, fab results from the week that was the week six fab action in FBC 12 team leagues go over our moves this week. I promise I'll remember to do that. This go around and much, much more with your listener questions and whatnot. So let's just get right into it, Toby. It gets fun right out the gate. It was, uh, you know, we thought it'd be massive fab of Palooza because um, there was a bunch of prospects up and then, like Duran was only up for a day. Royce Lewis is kind of questionable, but now he's, you know, Correa's on the IL for at least 10 days. We'll see how that goes. But the main man, the main man coming off the, the waiver wire, Juan Yepes of the St. Louis Cardinals picked up in every league, I'm pretty sure, 447 leagues. As high as six seventy-nine as so somebody put him for one whole dollar, which is pretty darn impressive. Um, in that set of actually, this is all game style. Let's go online, like I talked about, Bubba, do your job. And uh yeah, he's picked up at 190 leagues, as high as six seventy nine, as low as a dollar still. So someone got him for a buck, but somebody had to break the bank. He's been good. Hits in every game, multiple hits in four out of five games. Um, hitting great. But what's your thoughts on breaking the bank for Yepes?
2: Yeah, I mean, you got to break your break the bank for somebody, I guess, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, he's he's all right. He's playing every day, you know. So that's a check mark in his favor. Um, he has played really well in the minors uh, recently. He makes a lot of contact, you know. Low strikeout rates, actually low ground ball rates, which is interesting. Just because so far in Major League Baseball, he has a sixty percent uh, ground ball rate. Um, it but like we only have you know 24 plate appearances now after today, so it's always challenging to determine it. But low K rate, he's had some power. He obviously has a 571 BABIP, which is encouraging people, and he hit a home run on Sunday. So it's like that magical combination that results in a incredibly high bid in in the NFBC. But I mean, he's he seems like he's fine. Like the skills are. There's nothing yet that's jumping out at me, but you know, that, that may change like his max EVs, one Oh four seven. He's got one barrel in 15 batted ball events. Uh, he doesn't, has not shown good plate discipline. He's right around lead contact and batting average. Even his hard hit rate is 20%. I mentioned the 60% ground ball rate. So again, we don't have a lot on him. If you look at like the bat X, for instance, it has him on uh, 600 plate appearances, is about a 20 20 home runs and four steals with a 244 batting average. So, you know, I don't I don't see a huge difference between him and like Brandon Drury, except Drury has multi-position eligibility. But you know, he's a rookie and there's
1: always a feeding frenzy for these for these guys. Yeah, quite the feeding frenzy. I did not get him anywhere. I'll just make that quick and to the point. But, uh, yeah, great in the minors, good power, not much speed, decent batting average. So we'll see if it keeps translating. It's the old saying, okay, he's proven he can hit, so now we're going to throw him some ungodly off-speed stuff. Let's see if he can still hit, make the adjustments there. So we'll see how that transition happens for Yepes. But it, it's interesting because there was kind of question marks of how long he'd stay up here. Would there be room for him? They're waiting for Nolan Gorman to come up because now that Deion got sent down, they're supposed to play mm. Tommy Edmund at shortstop, they're saying in an early mm. report, which he didn't, I don't think, on – I think um, Donovan played at shortstop, so okay. we'll see how that plays out. There's a lot of ways for this one to go, but like that was everyone's rumblings on on Tuesday. It's like, oh, they sent Deong down. Let's get Nolan Gorman up, but they didn't do that, but they're sticking with Yepez. Lots of fun stuff. But uh, the moral of that story is you, know, you still have Dylan Carlson, you still have Harrison Bader, you have Tyler O'Neill. So the outfield, barring something crazy, either Yepez platoons with Dylan Carlson, so you're not going to offset O'Neill and Bader's defense. So it's just not going to happen. So does he DH the whole time? Does he... that's the fun part. Let's just put it that way. I'm blabbering on now, but all it takes is one good slump and, you know, is Yepes still the guy on this list situation. We'll see. He could break. People broke the bank for him. I hope it works out for him. Like the talent, fun toy. Hopefully it, it stays shiny for everybody. All right. Minnesota twins, third base prospect, Jose Miranda next on our list here. Miranda was added in 169 leagues as high as 168. As low as $1. I know I got him in a couple leagues. Again, keep him on his bids to not break the bank for anybody, but we'll talk about that later. But right now, Miranda, he's been playing a lot of first base actually due to the Miguel Sano injury. I believe we talked about him last week when we had the guest Eric Cross give us an answer on the, the, the prospects that got called up. But Miranda's been playing a ton of first base. He can play third base like he did in the minors. So he's going to get some multi position eligibility for you. I guess the thing for me before I give you the floor that's been great is he has shown some power, especially of late. But most importantly, a 3.6% K rate. He's not striking out much, 7% swinging strike rate, a 91% zone contact. So the the, the overall batting average and stuff isn't jumping off the page yet. But his overall skills at the plate are very encouraging for me compared to most prospects. Like op- It's almost opposite of what Yepes is doing, like contact quality-wise. So what's your thoughts on Miranda?
2: Yeah, that's exactly it. It's so fascinating because if you look at Miranda's plate skills compared to Yepes. You know, he's got a lower ground ball rate, you know, obviously higher fly ball rate, higher hard hit rate, better O swing, better Z contact, better regular contact, better max exit velocity. He does have a lower barrel rate, um, but it just goes to show you like what a little bit, little run of luck can do. The difference is he's got a 125 Babbitt. Uh, like you mentioned, the plate skills are really nice. The walks 7.1% almost double or actually, yeah, almost double the 3.6% K rate. So that's all good. I mean, I don't think that's going to stay there, but I think the one thing that it looks like everybody's in kind of agreement on in terms of the projections is that he will hit for a higher than league average batting average. Um, The lowest he's at is 252 and then he's got a 268 in a couple projection systems. So it just goes to show you like, you know, I think what's like super instructive here is just, If you give uh, Miranda 600 plate appearances, he's going to hit 252 with 14 home runs, you know, and two steals. And it kind of goes to the fact that like on the waiver wire, a lot of times all the guys skill-wise are fairly similar. I mean, not all the guys, right? But like a lot of the ones that we're going after each week. And so what's the differential? The differential is the schedule, right? Um, the differential is the matchups, the pitching matchups they have, or, you know, like, uh, one guy not to toot my own horn, but, uh, I wish I'd picked him up more places, but I got Gavin sheets, for instance, yep. like he was play- facing four righties, soft throwing Cleveland guys, not even their, their best. And, you know, is sheets. I mean, it's easy to say now because it's happening. He's got two home runs and five RBI, but like. Is Sheets different if we were to project uh compare the projection systems between him and like Yepes or him and Miranda? Probably not all that no. different, you no. know? It's just a matter of what do the matchups look like this week? Who are the pitching matchups? Like, and I think that's that's why I have such a hard time making large fab bids, is it's really difficult to find guys that really differentiate themselves on the wire. Yep.
1: Well, I guess the I guess the, the, the conversation point for that is because I'm with you and I think people that listen to the show enough are probably like, God, you guys you guys are boring. Like you guys yeah. don't go to, like because like, neither one of us, like I think I'm a I'm slightly more aggressive than you are, but at the same time, I'm still like I rarely go past triple digits where guys are like yep, has went for almost seven hundred dollars. Like that's, that's that's a haul. That's that's quite the haul. But um and it could work because that's the that's the one thing is i I'd say most of the time it doesn't work like you said, most of these guys are very similar. But every once in a while, we see that one dude show up, and he just takes the world by storm, and he wins you leagues. Like, the year Cunha came up. Even that one year, Adebato Monacy came up and just crushed for, like, two months. He was worth every penny. Uh, there's always, like, the random occurrence where it does. It pays off. But just thinking about like Fabapalooza a couple of years ago, Kessin here, not great. Mercado was the best one out of the group. Wasn't, like, off the table great. Nicky Lopez was okay. Like, and everyone was spending triple digits plus on these guys. And they were they worth it in the end? Probably not. But uh, I guess, and especially, like, we're talking O.C., so you're going for the overalls, so you're kind of shooting the moon. Like, can this guy show up and hit his 25 home runs and drive in, like, 70 or whatever? Maybe. But um, in the end, 20 home runs and 70 RBIs for five more months of play, you can probably pencil that out by playing the wire, like you're saying. You can probably – like, I think Miranda's a great ball player. I think he's a really good ball player. Like, I think he's going to be drafted as, like, a late-round third baseman the middle-round third baseman next year. But – does that mean he's worth, you know, a couple hundred bucks? I don't know. And we don't know. That's the fun of it. We won't know for a while, but that's kind of where I, like, Toby and I have like always kind of back up our stance on why we don't spend that kind of money. I like to be able to keep spending money throughout the season without having the nickel and dime it late. I like to be able to take that, like we talked about later, take the hammer later for cheaper, if that makes sense, where we get to do it. Like in the last two months of the year, you're everyone's out of money. Toby and I have money. And we can go get all those saves for a couple more dollars. Anybody else can all that kind of stuff, where it makes a difference in the end. So, long winded way of saying we might be wrong, but that's why we do it. <laughs> all right, the next guy I was torn so hard on what to do with him, and I did not get him anywhere. Josh Winder of the Minnesota Twins pitcher, up as high as two seventy five, as low as three dollars. Um, he's looked really good. You know, his, his first couple outings were. Um, out of the pen but his last two have been starts six innings in those starts zero earned runs and 15 strikeouts seven and eight in those two starts against oakland and at tampa bay like really dominating stuff but like looking at his minor league numbers and stuff he wasn't an overall dominating strikeout guy so I don't know, did he pitch mixed i don't know enough about him i'm just gonna be totally honest he kind of surprised me i was expecting okay he's a long reliever whatever then he is boom boom and then everyone bit on him and i was just like I don't know enough to go spending tons of money. So, what are your thoughts on Mister Winder?
2: Yeah, I mean, I've liked him for a little bit. I got, I picked him up in the Dynasty League. I drafted him in the in the in the draft, um, not like the first year player draft, but like uh, just the draft that we have every year in a Dynasty League. It's the mm-hmm. second time I've had him on there because he is interesting. It's actually because I think on the um, stuff plus model for minor league pitchers, he actually came out really high. Um, last year after the futures game, I think he had like the best stuff plus number there. And um, so I was a little bit intrigued by him. I mean, the numbers are really nice, you know, the two uh 24.7 K rate, 19.8% K minus walk, 12.9 swing strike, 32.10 swing. You know, he's not a you not surprising he doesn't have like a great fastball, so he's not dominant in the zone, 85.3, but right around league average. Uh, He has been uh, pretty lucky. I mean, 182 BABIP, 83.3% strand rate. So that'll get worse. Um, But he's been really solid. He plays in a good division for pitchers in the AL Central. Um, You know, and the Twins have been able to create these guys like Bailey Ober and Joe Ryan. I mean, they didn't create Joe Ryan. He's a raised guy. But, you know, they've been able to get a lot more out of maybe this stuff of a lot of pitchers and I want to say let me check just to make sure I'm not lying to everybody. Yeah, so he's throwing his um he throws his fastball only 34% of the time. He's got his changeup at 13.2%, slider at 39.3, curveball at 13.5. I think the challenge with him is, you know, the time to grab him was uh, you know, two or three weeks or ago. ago. Yeah, I mean, he went in most mains, I think 75% of mains last week. And I'm kind of kicking myself because I've been monitoring him. It's one of those things where you really like a guy, you really like their skills, but they don't have the opportunity yet. And you Mm -hmm. kind of wait it out and you wait it out and you wait it out. And even when you see the opportunity there, you're like, Oh, well, yeah, he's, you know, if Sonny Gray comes back, he's out of the rotation. So I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. And then you're like, I didn't go there. Why didn't I go there? Like, look at now. Chris Paddock might have surgery. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, he's got two pitches that are playing really well. The slider, 17.6% swinging strike rate, and that's the pitch he throws the most. Really nice in the zone. The O-swings at 33.9% as well. Changeup has a better O-swing, 37.9%, and a better swinging strike, 21.4%, and a better Z-contact so 63.6%. So again, he's one of these guys, not a great fastball, but he's got those two secondaries that can really elevate some of those skills and he's clearly not afraid to throw it too often. And that changeup that I mentioned generating an 89% ground ball rate, which, you know, I I don't know how many batted balls that is probably like five. Um, but it just like, um, there's just enough there. There's just enough there. And coming up, you know, he's going to get hit around in one of his starts. Maybe it's against the Astros this week, something like that, you know, bring that ERA back to a reasonable level, bring that whip up to a reasonable level. But I, I don't see why he shouldn't have a good whip because he doesn't really walk guys. He gets chases on pitches outside the zone. He's relatively in the zone. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I like him. I got him, but only in an OC, I bet nine bucks. I think he went for, um, I think he went for like 100 something in the main event that I, that he was available in and I just wasn't really ready to go there,
1: but I could see why people would be interested. Our good buddy Nick Pollock, pitcher list, is in the chat with us. says, Wender is a ninety to ninety-one mile an hour kitchen sink guy who actually throws ninety-four. So that'll be fun. So I guess if he wants to heat it up with the fastball, he's got it. So we'll see how that goes. He can that makes probably makes the changeup even more effective at the same time. So it'll be fun to see how it develops. I definitely missed out on him. We'll we'll see if it uh, if it stays strong. There, one guy did not miss out on because I picked him up a lot of places weeks ago when we talked on this show, mm. for real cheap. Then I grabbed him a couple more places this week. Spencer Strider of the Atlanta Braves picked up in 141 leagues, as high as 233, as low as $1. He still hasn't made a start this year, but his last start was more of a, a piggyback role. His last couple outings, I mean, have been more of a piggyback. It looks like they're trying to strengthen, lengthen him out to be in the rotation or maybe take over a piggyback role, a law the year Yarborough got it done, and he has the stuff to do it very well. Four innings in his last outing. He hasn't given up – his last two i has given up an earned run. He got eight Ks in his last go there against Milwaukee. I love what we see from Spencer Strider. Um, he has to give up a home run, which is pretty impressive. But 24 Ks in 16 and two-thirds innings. Um, and you look at the swinging strike rate of 16% basically. He's, he's been uh, pretty darn effective getting the guys to chase and limits the contact, less than 70% contact overall. So – I like what we're seeing from him. I guess it's more of what role are they finally going to give him? Because uh, even this week, like we all speculated after the last go, he'll either piggyback this week or he'll get a start this week. And they still haven't really committed to it where I've seen it anywhere. So we don't know exactly what they're doing with him, but it feels like he's really close to having more of a established role with that pitching staff, either follower or starter. What's your thoughts on Spencer Strider?
2: Yeah, I mean, the, every all the numbers, like generally speaking, are pretty good. I think the major concern is the walk rate. Um, you know, swing yeah. strike rates close to 16%. K minus walk is 22.7. O swings, 33.8 dominant in the zone at 79. So he's got a lot of what you're looking for. Um, I think the challenge is that 13.6% walk rate. Um, so that is going to be a little bit of an issue and it's been an issue. You know, the bat has him projected most of all, all of the projecting systems have him projected for about a 10% walk rate, which isn't as bad. But I think one of the major concerns that I would have is you mentioned he does not have, he hasn't given up a home run yet, but I think the difference between him and a guy like uh, Framber Valdez, who also walks a decent number of guys and gives up a lot of base runners is that Strider. Yeah. Strider has got a 24.2% ground. ball. Not the
1: best thing for you.
2: So it's all in the air. So he's giving up 51.5% fly balls and he has yet to hit yet to give up a home run. My guess would be, not that I want to like go out there, but I would say like in his next start, I don't know who it who it's against, but I would guess there's going to be like 3 home runs against him. And it'll start to wow. kind of even out a little bit. Wow. Um and and this is not to say that he's not good. I put some of my higher bids this week were on Strider. Not close to being able to get him, but some of my higher bids because of what we just talked about. Like the skills are kind of off the charts. Everything that you want except for the walk rate. And so, and you can't get that like on the ordinary kind of waiver wire type guy. So I can definitely see that, but it's just a major blow up potential uh, profile. And, but what I'll say is, I mean, the bat has him at a 353 ERA projected 120 whip. Um, Again, it probably hasn't projected as a relief pitcher. So take that with a grain of salt, but it just goes to show like there's not as, you know, the whip we'll see it'll be interesting um to see what happens with him but can definitely see taking a flyer on him i would just kind of caution that he has he has blow up potential with that walk batted ball profile combo um yeah, and i'm curious like how many barrels has he given up yeah so he's yeah. given up three barrels too he's um, got the brandon woodruff,
1: di- brandon woodruff disease yeah but um yeah the thing with strider is the home runs will come but then the, the one thing i'm wondering is he has a teammate in max freed who's obviously his ground ball race got better but he was a big time fly ball guy early too and he somehow kept the ball in the ballpark so not saying strider will because he's an overpowering pitcher and those are just eventually gonna hit the barrel's gonna catch up to him there but uh especially with the ball gets livelier, it heats up and everything like he's gonna give up some i'm not not crazy in that regards but uh I am curious because, like you said, the thing that got me so excited about him is the strikeout slash, like, arsenal that he brings to the table. Mm. It's filthy. It's filthy For and sure. hard to find. So, And I, when I grabbed him before, and I talked about it a couple weeks ago, is was, you know, all these starters are struggling. They're not going deep into games. Give me this guy that can help me in these other departments, and I'll try to piece together because no one's getting wins anyways. Like, screw it. I'm not, I'm not going to worry about this. Because there was a point with Strider that you figured he'd piggyback or start, which looks like he's going there. But if something happened to the back end of that pin with Jansen, you could see him like hopping Smith because he's so filthy. So like he's got he's got the ability to do some some interesting things in that that uh, rotation. So I'm I'm curious to see what the Braves do with him. That's the fun part. All right, we get to talk about another bat now. After two pitchers there, another youngster, MJ Melendez, added 128 leagues, as high as 257, as low as a dollar. After tonight's game, he's hit safely in all five starts that he's made this year, with one hit in each game. He's not like crushing the baseball, only one extra base hit, but he's walking a good, good amount over 14%, striking out only 14% for me is pretty strong with him. And what he did in the minors last week, last year was just outstanding. So the hit tool is great. And what I love to see with the Royals here is, you know, he came up as a catcher, he's DH'd, he's caught. Today, Toby, he was playing right field. Yeah. So they're trying to do whatever it takes to get that bat in the lineup, which – when we talked about other prospects, it's like, okay, well, like even with Yepes, it's okay. He's DH now, but because the other outflow spots are pretty much ca- accounted for. So, like, if something weird happens, where does he get slotted to? Melendez, they're moving him around to make him play. That's encouraging to me.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, uh, you know, it's the Dalton var show effect. The man you is know, crushing the baseball right now. Effect. This is just yes. an excuse to talk about dalton bar show anytime um, you want to talk
1: dalton bar show i am a man.
2: but but it's key like he's not that you know the royals are awful offensively so you can't really make the argument that anybody's going to go in there obviously they have some injuries but um he's going in there he they're trying to get him his bat in there when you look at the skills so far they're very impressive 11.8 O swing so, just not swinging any pitches outside the zone, 100% in zone contact, 91% um, contact overall. You know, obviously small sample stuff. He doesn't have a home run to run an RBI or a steal, but he's hitting 333. It's just 14 plate appearances. So, it's not a lot, but it's hard to ask for more from just a plate appearance perspective. He also has a barrel, he's hit a ball 106.6 miles per hour. So a lot going on there. I think the key for him is, yeah, you can slot him in at catcher. I mean, if you look at his projection, 217 with six home runs and two stolen bases, you know, with 23 runs and 23 RBI and 217 plate appearances. So just being, you know, just being, um, you know, let's just say, you know, multiply it by three and you get a guy who's going to hit 217 with uh, 18 home runs and four uh, and six steals. Now, that's not that great. From a guy in the field, but if you can get that yeah, from sure. a catcher, it could be really good. And for I the think he season. hits.
1: I think he hits better at two seventeen too. guess I, yeah. I think that's a pretty lenient uh, deal right there.
2: Yeah, as usual, there's a pretty big discrepancy between you know what the bat has him at, at around two seventeen and versus Steamer at two thirty four, yeah. and they also have him for nine home runs and about the same number of plate appearances. So there's a little bit more belief in Steamer, but you know that's kind of something we've kind of grown accustomed to in in mm-hmm. the way that they're interpreting it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, as long as he's playing every day, you can slot him in his catcher. I think there's a lot of potential value there. And again, he's a guy who came up and he just kind of hung out on the wire a little bit just cause he wasn't playing regularly yet regularly. And it just goes to show like, sometimes you gotta, and I struggle with this a lot. You gotta take the leap before there's the evidence, you know, that that it's going to get there, you know, like, um, there's something to be said for going after those skills which you feel like might be better than what else is available on the wire without the opportunity because it can be such a difference maker, whereas there's just so much blah on the waiver wire otherwise, you know?
1: Yeah, especially as bad as the catcher's position has been. That's why like I wasn't like super aggressive, like I said, on yep is. and I like I got some Miranda, but I wasn't like breaking the bank. I made a point in every league I had Melinda's, like I was willing to drop Carson Kelly. For him, like there's a bunch of dudes I was, and that was before Kelly got put on the IL. He was still technically playing when I made my bids. I was like, I believe in this Melendez guy as long as he's getting playing time, which looks like they're trying to at the time. I love the hit tool, and it can't be any worse than what Carson Kelly's doing right now, let alone you know, Max Stassy's now on the IL. And I looked at Max, his numbers aren't great either. Like, I was willing to take the chance on Melendez over a lot of these secondary catchers that were rostering early because I know it's early and things we tell people to stay patient, but a lot of these catchers just look dreadful right now i like guess not even like some some players we look at are like you know there's signs of life there's this and that these catchers just like they're just done like they like, i know they i know they're not all going to be but it's it, they look rough right now so i'd rather get some life breathed into my team from Melendez and some other stuff so i i was a little more still like again aggressive for our standards but not, not crazy on a, a mj Melendez. all right a guy that i didn't put any bids on and we'll see if it bites me in the butt but i don't think it will uh rice lewis picked up in 120 leagues as high as 226 as low as a dollar went over three on tuesday night but he had a hit in each of his previous three games not a ton of power yet torching the minor leagues power and speed in the minors the dude's a great one of the top prospects in baseball at least in the twin system my biggest concern was where's he going to play especially when they said correa's injury is not serious now correa went on the il but it seems like it's more like okay we brought royce up let him play for a couple weeks if he keeps hitting we'll send someone else down maybe it's send miranda down we'll see but um let Craig get fully healthy, and then we'll bring him back and decide what to do with Royce. I'm still nervous. Royce doesn't see much more than a couple of weeks. That's my only concern. I could be totally wrong. But what's your thoughts on Royce Lewis?
2: Yeah, he was the one of he was the guy from the rookies that I was most interested in, at least of like Yepes, Miranda. He's got like 2020 abilities. Lewis.
1: Like he's he's a monster in that regard. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you know, again, and not to be boring, like you mentioned before, projection for him you know, 242, three home runs, three steals, but in 107 plate appearances. So you just multiply it by six because I'm lazy. You know, you're looking at a guy who's like 18, 18 with a 242 batting average. Now that's, that's, that could be special, right? And you know that there's that ceiling there, you know, because of the pedigree, because of the record of steals that he's had in the minors. So, and so far, I mean, so far, so good. It's hard to have complaints. You know, he's, he's only got 13, um, 13 plate appearances, including tonight, but heading into tonight, he had a really nice O swing, so he's not chasing, making contact above you know league average. Again, I don't think um yeah, he's hitting, hitting the ball in the air again. Like we're not dealing with a lot of sample here, but this is the type of player, and I think he went for lower than Miranda and Yepes generally went because Mostly, of that yeah. uncertainty around his position. And so mm-hmm that opens up a little bit of an opportunity for, um, you know, to get him at a reasonable cost. And yeah, so we'll see he's got one barrel already as well, which is nice. So we'll, we'll see what ends up happening. But, you know, I think of all the guys, he's, he's the one who was most intriguing to me because I do think he brings something different that none of the other rookies we talked
1: about outside of Melendez, um, brings. Yeah, no, and you're you're right. And so I might have I might have screwed that one up. I guess I was looking way too much into him sticking around. But um, if he does, he's got great. Like I haven't been in a lot of DCs, so I believe eventually he get a shot and roll. So I, I believe in the talent. I guess I just wasn't believing enough in the playing time for the uh, the ads this week. And that's one of those that could bite me in the butt. Definitely could. But um, we'll see. We'll see. Time will tell on that one. I hope he does well. I really do because he's 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 one of those guys that we caught. We probably should have saw a couple of years ago. He had the ACL injury and all like he's a good ball player. That and and then when they sign Correa, or something, they're going, okay, well, there goes that again. Like it's just they keep pushing him back, pushing him back. So it'd be fun to see Royce as just a like baseball fan. Like, let's see Royce Lewis get some action out there. That'd be pretty cool. All right. A player that was added in 110 leagues, I believe. And that shocks me that Josh Rojas was available in 110 leagues, as high as 120, as low as one. I know he was injured, so 12 teamers, he churn and burn and everything, but this is a guy in the preseason that people were like, kind of quasi pumped about, especially because of his multi position abilities. The dude's got a little bit of power, a little bit of speed. You know, Dolph Hoghagen, Alex Chamberlain loves him. Um, so Josh Rojas added in a ton of leagues. Again, it's like, well, I'll get your thoughts on Rojas, then I'll ask another question. But what's your th- Your thoughts on Rojas? Because I'm a Rojas fan. People have explained to me the, the reasons to be concerned with Rojas coming into the season, and I get it. I just think there's another level there that we haven't seen yet from him. And I don't know if we will, but I'm I'm a believer in his skill set. Let's put it that way. So what about you?
2: Yeah, I picked him up a couple weeks ago uh, in TGFBI um, just because he was on the IL. I mean, that's the only reason why he was available in so many leagues. He was on the IL and he came off uh, middle of last week, I think. So, yeah, I mean, he was available in one of my mains or one of my bigger leagues. And 15 teamer. And I initially had a bid like at like in the 80s. And then I like thought a little bit more about it and mm-hmm. I just couldn't really do it. Um, Cause I just don't see a ton of upside with him. Um, the batting average is decent, you know, but the power is very limited. Um, he's a Cavan Biggio all-star, like his max, oh, his max, oh, his max exit velo. That's,
1: that's, that, those are, those are, those are, those are mean words right there. <laughs>
2: uh, his max exit velo in the last two years. So over 400 batted ball events is 104.6. Last year, he had a 17 barrels, 4.8% barrel rate. So you could argue that if he gets lucky, he can get like 12 or 13, you know, with the current skill set that he has, which 12 and 13 plus 12 and 13 is, is decent. And so I think that's why you go after him. Yep. I don't go that strong after him because, you know, the projections like have him between six and 10 home runs and upwards of, of you know, 12 steals. So if you were to hit that, peak top projection of like 10 home runs and 12 steals, you know, then that might be something. And obviously he could hit better than that because that's his median projection. So it could be better than that. And so I think it was good to be a little aggressive with him, but I wouldn't get too carried away because I just think it's a little tapped out. And I believe, I believe he's also maybe being platooned. Um, I don't think he played against the lefty the other day, so
1: uh, let's, I'd, let's... I'd, I'd watch that a little longer. That might be more of a returning from injury thing because he hasn't been in that platooned in the past.
2: Yeah, and I'm looking at him. He actually was been, has been better against lefties. Yeah, although you know his K, his K rate is is five percent higher, so it's mostly yeah, it's mostly Babbitt driven because of the number of plate appearances. He's got a 384 Babbitt versus lefties. Um, let's see what his ISO is against lefties. Yeah, so he's got a lower ISO versus lefties, 116 to 123. His career uh, his career slug is sub 400 on both sides. So, yeah, I don't know. It's not super exciting. And he's hitting like ninth today, I think.
1: Yeah, he usually ends up hitting towards the top of the order as the season went on last year. So I, I, I'm curious on how that shakes out as he's just returned from the IL, but like coming into the season, I thought he was like a 15, 15 guy. That's what I liked about him with that multi-position eligibility. I think is tremendous. And he's still kind of young. So I think there's more we can see from him. Arizona doesn't have a lot of other options. Now they actually call are calling prospects up. So that's interesting. Alec Thomas and company. Then they're, they they're like above 500. Yeah. They're like kind of competing and they're calling up prospects. So if you're a diamondbacks fan, you're probably confused right now, but this is what teams do. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's fun, but um, I, I am a Rojas believer. I might be naive, but like when it came down to like Royce Lewis and Rojas, do I think Royce Lewis is the better player? Yes, but I am 100% more confident in Rojas's playing time. So that's kind of where it would have been a, ter- a, tor- a difference in opinion for me. Uh, I think they both have double-digit power, double-digit speeds, but uh, Rojas plays, and that's that's the concern I had with uh, Lewis. But we'll see. We'll see. Time will tell with uh, both. But I, I am a Rojas believer. I was like – I guess I was just more shocked because I am a believer that he's available so many places, <laughs> I figured he'd still be kind of stashed up. But, uh, no, he was he was out there quite a bit. All right, my guy. People are finally opening there. I've only written him up like three weeks in a row in different articles. Yadiel Hernandez added in 105 leagues, as high as 139. This dude is raking, and people are like, oh, he played in Coors. You played three games in Coors Field. Calm down. Like he's been hitting the entire season he only has two home runs but he has a stolen base he's hitting 365 with a 439 bad not sustainable i'm aware of that but his barrel rate his hard hit rate are outstanding this season um there are some holes still i'm not gonna like, say he's a perfect hitter but we're seeing things even in the past we saw him as good batting average type asset with a little bit of pop he's showcasing that in washington he's moving up the batting order uh, up to a fourth and fifth pretty much the last like week to two weeks there's a lot for me to like with the audio more are finally figuring that out with by adding him everywhere but i don't think he's going anywhere personally like they average it might drop down like a 280 ish thing or something which is still very good for the rest of the season but uh, i believe we got we got we got something special here with the audio that'll be pretty fun to watch
2: yeah um you know uh, definitely very interesting um that's toby's
1: nice way of saying i don't quite agree with you bubba (laughs)
2: No, no. I mean, again, it's like the whole thing is like, man, this must be an annoying show where we rag on waiver wire, waiver wire fodder, you know, but it's just like, I mean, 286 batting average, you know, in his career, um, he has a little bit of pop, you know, 12 home runs. So that 18 that you mentioned, like, um, well, not the 18 that you mentioned, but like 18 ish, maybe in 600 plate appearances, you know, a few, few steals, Uh, He's got eight barrels so far this year. He does have his highest max EV at 108, so that's encouraging his highest hard hit rate as well. Um, You mentioned the plate discipline getting better. The contact skills are fine. You know, he hits a a lot of ground balls, but that helps the batting average a little bit. So yeah, I think he's totally fine um, as an ad, you know, solid, playing every day. Um, I don't mind him at all. I think the key with these guys and, you know, again, all these guys that are going, you'll notice all the guys that are getting picked up, you know, the most on the waiver wire are guys with really high babbits, And like, that's, there's a reason because people didn't think these guys were good. And all of a sudden they've gotten good. And so the key becomes, can you not just pick up the guys who have the high babbit for this last week or at the beginning of the season? because you don't get to keep those those stats with you. question is, can you identify the guys that are that may be able to do it next because of the matchup? And so, again, not trying to just, like, rag on people and be like, oh, he's got a really high BABIP. It's going to come down, and, you know, his betting average isn't going to be 365 for the rest of the year. It's like, oh, yeah, of course. Um, but just, like, trying to time those things right I think is really important, um, because chances are, like, you know, the BABIP's going to be a lot lower for the rest of the year.
1: Well, like... Just to go along with what Toby's saying here is, this is why I was kind of like, I've been getting annoyed. I've written him up so much. I said, because he keeps being available. Why were people not adding him before Coors Field? Like we're talking matchups here. That's when you add Yadiel Hernandez. And now you just write it out. You're playing with house money. You got him cheap and you're playing with house money. Why people are bidding a bunch of money. So that's the point of it. like, I started doing a waiver wire article at the end of the week. Uh, Vlad does the best one out there. I'm not going to try to act like mine's even up to his standards, but pretty much any waiver wire article that covers the big NFPC stuff, at least maybe some others. You're going to see schedules discussed. You're going to see stuff like that. Or you, we love the rotowire tool, the, the starting pitcher matchups. I look at that all the time. You got the Razzball stuff. Use some sort of tool to look at matchups. And you can look two weeks ahead. Like I do, I talk about all the time with starting pitchers. You can do it with bats too. You you could have added Yadiel Hernandez three weeks ago for a buck, and been enjoying this whole thing. You could not even have started him the first time because you're buying him for tours. Missed out on that didn't matter because he's been a buck, and then had him going forward. Like those are the little things that are worth digging in on that uh, make our boring conversation less boring for you. Like if you're gonna take anything away, like yeah, it's cool. Like go and get these guys because like Toby said, is yeah these guys are all playing great because almost all of them. Like, I do a risers and followers column every Monday for fantasy pros. Every riser, of course, had a brick and babbit through the roof last week. There's, like, there's no way to have a high batting average without it. So, they're all going to regress. That's just common sense. It's which ones, either which ones aren't going to regress to kill you, and you're still going to have a good season out of them. Go get those guys. Or, like Toby said, go look at the ones that are kind of doing okay, got great matchups, go strike gold. That's kind of where you can make your bacon on these situations all right let's talk about what
2: breaking news oh what happened jordan romano on the il no with with right ulnar neuritis oh he's done that's
1: not not good that's that rarely ends well oh no yeah that's sad that i'm gonna cry no, that's because I, I have him in a few leagues. He's been carrying me. That's that's not good, Toby. Not good. The rest of their
2: bullpen's not, hasn't been that good, right?
1: No, that's so I I literally I just went straight to go look up uh my reliever recon chart real quick. <laughs> we're gonna use we're gonna talk about some Toronto bullpen for a spec. Specific... So uh Yimmy Garcia.
2: He gave up a home run today to Stanton.
1: Got got Tim Iza, Adam Simber. Trevor Richards could Sim- be con-
2: Simber. He- yeah. But he got lit up the other day, right? Oh,
1: get uh, get Nate Pearson in there. He's coming <laughs> back shortly. He'd be a great back end <sighs> guy. Man, that's
2: a rough one right there.
1: Well, they might be trading for someone real soon. Keep your eyes on that one because they are contending now. They're going to need to do something. So. Oh,
2: you know who they should trade for? Who? Hansel Robles.
1: He would be perfect in
2: that bullpen.
1: <laughs> Not bad. That's not a bad call. So, yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on that one, folks. That was uh, some not-so-fun breaking news, but breaking news, nonetheless, it was necessary. Ouch. That one stings. That one stings a lot. All right, let's talk about at least one more guy here before we get into our moves for the week. And I want to bring up Brandon Drury, another guy I looked into last week uh, because he was crushing it. We've talked about him off and on. When India got hurt, it was like the Brandon Drury time, and then India came back, and now he's – India's going to be out for a little while, folks. I hate to break it to you. When you re-aggravate the same injury because he came back too soon, like a hamstring, probably going to sit a little longer the second time through. So Drury's going to get some good run here, and he's been hitting really well. He's got six home runs on the season. He's hitting two eighty four over the last couple of weeks. Really been swinging it well again. High BABIP, but only three oh nine BABIP on the season, which isn't that bad. But – um. Drury's a guy that, you know, at one point in time people were hyped up on, then it's kind of been up and down, up and down, up and down. He's gonna get some running Great American small park, Toby. So there's there's interest here.
2: Yeah, this was the guy that I was willing to go with the highest bids on this yeah. week. And I thought a lot about it. And it's like number one in NFBC, he's got second base, third base, yep. and outfield eligibility.
1: That's tremendous. I mean, that's
2: hot. Bubba. That
1: means middle infield, corner infield, like he's just doing it all. He takes he's, up over half your roster. He's
2: doing it all. And then it's like he's playing in Great American Small Park, like you mentioned. Yep. He's playing on a Reds team where they just are awful, right? So they're going to keep playing the guys that are good. You know, what is Brandon Jury's career batting average? Like
1: 285. No, 251. Just throw, I was just—I was trying to be—I was trying to be confident here, like positive on this one. Two fifty-one. I mean, that's
2: good. That's good. Now, Bubba. we got to adjust <laughs> our expectations. You know, what's his career strikeout rate? Twenty-two percent, right? That's not bad. This, not bad. Yeah, this year he's got his highest max EV since twenty nineteen. He's got ten barrels, a sixteen point four percent barrel rate. He's got a fifty point eight percent hard hit rate. This is a Statcast hard hit rate, so ninety five or above. So he's absolutely crushing the ball. He's got multi-position eligibility. He's got plenty of plastic playing time because they can throw him in the outfield. He can play third base and Moose can DH. He can play second base while India's not there. Like There's so many different things that he can do. And they're not good enough to sit guys who are good are one of the better players. And then you look at his projection. You know, He's projected in 500 plate appearances if you just multiply the bad X projection by two for 18 home runs, you know, and two steals. And so, you know, again, he's right about, he's actually higher on a per plate appearance basis than Juan Yepes, you know, Miranda, all of these guys that we talked about before. Um, and so that's why I had like, I mean, it was big for me. It was big for me. I think I got him for like $47 one place or 43 bucks. Like it felt scary, but to do that. But um, I only got him one place because probably should have been more aggressive, but, Mm -hmm. but yeah, so he's good. And like you mentioned, like it's not super inflated, you know, it's like 309 Babbitt. Yeah. Probably coming down a little bit, but it's totally reasonable, especially given the batted ball quality and that batted ball quality is, is really nice, really nice. So um, he was the guy that I, that I was most interested in. And unfortunately, as usual, I wasn't aggressive enough to get him everywhere but I was able to slip him in a couple places. places. Um, I think including on, on one of my teams that I feel like is, is going to be good once it kind of gets going a little bit. Perfect.
1: Buxton didn't
2: play today, did he?
1: Nope. He did not.
2: God, I don't, man, I yep. am so annoyed to the, myself. I didn't weekly, swap him in. I didn't swap him in.
1: The weekly, him weekly Buxton game. Weekly, but he'll probably play the rest of the week. So it's okay. He's day to day, day to day. But yeah, I like Drury. Drury calls fun. It's fun watching on Twitter too. So many people that have played this game for so long, and because I'm not kidding, like Drury at one point with like with the D backs, like people were high on him, (laughs) and then he couldn't do it, and it was like he was a platoon guy. Then he'd only hit lefties well. Like there's a whole thing with Drury. Like you you were waiting for him to be good, but it just never really panned out. And this could be the moment where he probably won't be great, but he could be good enough for a while. So it's going to be fun to watch Brandon Drury get some regular playing time because I am worried that India. Can be out for a bit. So I uh, mm-hmm. want we'll to see that one. And then if the jury keeps hitting there, why not play him somewhere? Like what's the point in not playing him over some of these other guys are playing. So we'll wait and see there with uh with sent Sanati, but like, know,
2: yeah. who's, who's the guy who used to be on the blue Jays. I always confuse him with, he played on the blue Jays and he played on the white Sox. Blue and he was and like he Sox. had one really really good year. What position? Like was he? he was like a rookie. I think he was infield. I think he was similar to jewelry.
1: Like he played. Oh, I know you're talking. Um, exactly. Gordon Beckham.
2: No, not Gordon Beckham. Oh. He was the White Sox. It was um, he had a rookie season that was just off the hook. Um, huh. and then he like he just faded. Um, Blue Jays rookie of the year. Let's see if he comes up. We
1: can move on. I'll I'll do a little. Okay. Well, we're going to go over our fab results from the week. So can you multitask getting your fab results up as well? Or do you want me to go over mine first?
2: Oh, I I can do it. I can do that. I'll forget about it. It, it, For all the listeners, let me know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm curious now. Let let me know who I'm talking about. It's not Gordon Beckham because he did come up that one season. He was really good. And he, he wasn't heard from since then. But he was on the Blue Jays, I think, when he had his like blonde guy spiky hair like
1: Eric Hinski. No, I was kidding
2: no he played th- I think he played third I think he played third and second maybe um but he was like the truth for like a season and then just kind oh of wait a
1: minute his... the Romano report was someone trolling in the chat please be t- I'm looking it up now you you look up your fam. no looking no no
2: no 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 I saw I saw him I saw him I, I saw it on Twitter
1: yeah, he said someone was trolling it though. Um cuz he had cuz he had a walk off through and Homer off Aaron Judge hit it off of Romano. Yeah, Romano blew the save. Um, um I thought I saw. I it. don't see anything official with Romano yet. Am I just making it up? I think you got uh Did I get did I I get... think you got duped. I think cuz yeah. I'm scrolling through all Jordan Romanos over there. I've gone through multiple scrolls, and there hasn't been one injury thing oh, yet. Oh, man. I feel a lot better now. Thank you. Man, I'm sorry. Thank you, James. Thank you, James.
2: Yeah. Kudos to Reed Detmers for probably throwing a no-hitter on my bench. All right.
1: Who you got in fab this week? Oh, man. Did I get – I got trolled. Yeah, you got trolled, it looks like. Wow. it's It's, it's okay. I'll forgive you.
2: Where did I see it?
1: And I'm scrolling, I don't even see that one yet.
2: Oh, man. Maybe, yeah. we, okay. But all right, who, who got in Fab Anyways, all right, sorry. Sorry, I got distracted here. All <laughs> right, going for the Palooza here. All right, so we got, this week, added Jed Lowry, dropped Corey Dickerson, added Brady Singer, dropped Ryan Yarborough. And here's, here's my galaxy brain of the week. I picked up Ryan Brazier everywhere with the Red Sox. I thought he might get the next save chance. Pitched in the sixth inning today. So um, <laughs> dropped Hansel, uh, who pitched, who gave up a so run, much. I think, in the seventh. And then picked up Rich Hill, dropped Luis Torrens. Um. A, a lot of Lowry. I was joking around with people. I have a lot of unprotected Jed Jed Lowry this week at second base, which is not a a good feeling. You do not feel good when you have unprotected Lowry um, on your team. Uh, there's, a Br-
1: there's a Roto-Wear t-shirt. Uh,
2: Brady, Brady Singer dropped Carlos Santana, added Jed Lowry, dropped Miguel Rojas, added Gavin Sheets, dropped Corey Dickerson, added Ryan Brazier dropped Hansel Robles. Get used to hearing that one, folks. Um, Added Brandon Drury, dropped Ryan Yarborough. Added Brady Singer, dropped Matt Brash. Added Tucker Barnhart, dropped Luis Torrens. Added Ryan Brazier, dropped Hansel Robles. (laughs) Uh, Next one. Added Ben Gamble, dropped Miguel Rojas. Added Jed Lowry, dropped Abraham Toro. Added Ryan Brazier, dropped Josh Stamont. Uh, what a wonderful podcast we had with Josh
1: Stomont. Yeah, the Josh Stomont for sure. Yes.
2: And then in this one, I added Matt Strom as well, I guess. Uh, and dropped Hansel Robles, just to make sure I had every arm in that godforsaken bullpen. <laughs> in my OC, I added Jonathan Scope, uncontested, 24 bucks. Dropped Josh Lowe, Added Josh Winder, um, or Winder, uh, dropped Andres Munoz eight dollars un- uncontested, and remarkably, Ryan Brazier dropped Hansel Robles one dollar uncontested. Ryan Brazier in a in an OC, I cannot believe it. And then in TGFBI, I added Michael Taylor for four bucks. Dropped Brian Yarborough. Added Yoshi Tsutsugo. Um, dropped Josh Lowe, Added Jonah Heim. Dropped Luis Torrens. And finally, the lead that we have together with BARF, it was added Brandon Drury, dropped Miguel Rojas, added Ben Gamble, dropped Luis Gonzalez, added Yoshi Tsutsugo, dropped Frank Schwindel. That that was it for me.
1: All righty. Let's go through TGFBI. I didn't win a bid this whole week. Fun. Okay, there we go. I didn't think so. There's a couple a couple leagues I didn't do a whole lot, but not because I didn't want to, just because I didn't win. Um, OTW listener, got Spencer Strider, dropped Hunter Green. That was one I got him for $42. Bucks. Um, Barf, the league we do have together, as you mentioned. Uh, this one sucked. I lowered my bids not knowing he was this hurt. But I got Edward Oliveras, dropped Ryan Yarborough. So now I got to have kept Yarborough anyways. But Eddie O's gone after this week. Just playing on that one. Uh, But then I went and got Paul Sewald and dropped Michael Lorenzen. In my mindset, there in a 15 team league, I know Sewald is not the initial closer, but we know he could pull the closing wins ratio strikeout situation. So there's lots of leagues in that 15 team where I'll use him. I only got him for 13 bucks. So I'll take that as a a possibility there. Uh, One of my OCs, uh, I got Tyler Wells for nine bucks, dropped Michael Lorenzen. That worked out well so far. OCQ got MJ Melendez dropped Zach Collins. I got Mendes for 42, a runner up of a dollar. That was fun. And then I got Jose Miranda dropped Tyler Naquin 41 for 13. So I got those two in that OCQ. Different OCQ. Uh, got Miranda. I did a lot of dropping of Joe Adele this week, folks. It was sad and cleansing for the soul at the same time. Got Mike yastrzemski dropped Tyler Naquin. I uh, added Cal Quantrill, dropped Michael Lorenzen. Didn't play Quantrill this week, thank God, because he was originally supposed to have a two-step. Then that changed, so I avoided that fun. Uh, one of my OCs got Yadiel Hernandez for 16, dropped Joe Adele. Um, my my Sadie. Ch-
2: ch- Bubba, think, guess what? What? Reed Detmers, one out away. From a no-no? From a no-hitter,
1: yeah. All right, well, uh, I got two more leagues here. The OCD got chad pender dropped joe adele for eight pender nine games baby yep eight bucks i'll take my chances there and then on my final oc nick pavetta dropped kyle Hendricks. that didn't turn out so well um added yaz dropped naquin added sheldon noisy dropped joe adele the sheldon noisy for adele the unicorn twelve dollar bid with twelve dollar mm. runner up so that's always fun as well all right, keep us updated on the no no. We'll start with. All some right,
2: list. Reed Detmers, one and one to Yandy Diaz. I
1: might as well just turn on MLB Network. What I do should. we
2: got? Oh, up the number. Foul.
1: Um, Let's do some listener We're questions and, and we'll two. see how this turns out. Let's do out it. We're going to multitask right here, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Taylor Johnson asks In a head to head categories league where you can set daily lineups, is it worth rostering a catcher and taking a batting average hit for the chance at a few runs and maybe a home run in mm-hmm. the week? Or would that roster spot be better served for an extra pitcher to help you accumulate saves? Or wins in case, sorry.
2: Um, it really depends. I mean, I think I probably would Yandy to shortstop. Got him out. No hitter. Reed Detmers, ladies wow. and gentlemen. Wow. Impressive. Sitting on my bench. Sitting times. on my bench, sitting on my bench.
1: All right, head to head league. What do you got?
2: Um, so head to head league. Ah, uh, it's a really, it's a really good question. Um, with, I would probably have an extra catcher, just because, I think it depends on how deep of a league it is, but, you know, it yeah, it depends on like how many bench spots that you have, but I think generally. If you don't have one, like if you have a top catcher, then I wouldn't. But if you have like kind of a mediocre catcher or like a not great catcher, I would try to grind out those additional at bats. And what I might do is go for a catcher that traditionally has a little bit of a higher batting average, you know, so that you're not as concerned about losing out on that. Because the thing is like, it's how many guys are you just like sitting on your bench every day in that day to day league, because they're not good enough to crack your lineup. Right. Um, and so having that guy that you can throw in the catcher for, if it's, if it's a waiver wire too, where it's like, I don't know if it's a weekly or a daily, but I used to play in a daily one. And what I would do is I'd literally like just, um, find that best backup catcher. And then I, there's normally a pattern to when they play and when they don't play. And then I just pick up that guy for that, that one, one star, you know, kind of just try to play those matchups as much as you can. I think that's kind of the best advice that I would probably give in that instance, but it, it always depends on like the number of bench spots that you have um, available to you. And then what pitchers are on the wire too. Um, Like if it's a, yeah, there's just so many different factors. Like if it's a K, if it's, if there's a limit on the innings pitch, like a Yahoo league, then it becomes a K K's per nine. And so then you kind of just, you do want to have some of those one inning guys that can just kind of boost up the ratios and the, and the K's for you. So there's a lot of different things to consider. I think all of this makes me just think that there isn't a right answer to this. It's kind of like a mix
1: and match, which my is biggest question. Point. My biggest question is most leagues require you to have your, every roster spot filled to set a lineup. So can you leave your catcher mm-hmm. spot empty? That would be cause like, people talk about it in football and stuff like, should I just not roster a kicker and keep an extra blah, blah, blah on my bench or something like that? Um, And so that would be my biggest question. Can you legit put nobody in that catcher spot and be okay? If you can, then, yes, I go to the K-9 guys and roll that way. Like Spencer Striders would be awesome for that situation. Guys that might not be starters but could rack up stuff without eating up a ton of innings. Stuff like that would be worth checking into. All right, Justin Pelletier asks – what do you make of Marcus Simeon? His Savant page looks like an ocean. It's been bad with Simeon, and I, I he asked it, and I said let me bring this up on the show tonight because it's a question I've seen kind of a lot of places and discussed in a lot of, a lot of situations. Simeon's it's been rough. It's been mimicking the Oakland A's days with Marcus Simeon, where he was still good but not great. You know, He's hitting 261 two homers, two uh, two stolen bases, striking out twenty percent, ISO of .56. Three pipe, 5% barrel rate, 26% hard hit rate. And he's striking out, you know, 12% swinging strike, not making a ton of contact. There's to me a lot of concerns, but maybe Toby's digging into something else. What are your thoughts on Marcus Simeon?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think there's definitely reasons to be concerned. I wonder how much he's pulling those fly balls. I mean, he's never been like a major power guy. Like he pulls a lot of fly balls. That's what generates his power a lot. So if he hasn't been doing that consistently, I could see that how that could hurt him. Um, you know, like the max EV is pretty on par with what he's done in previous years. He does only have that 3.5% barrel rate, but, you know, 4.3, 7.4, 5%, and then the 9.8. And so the question becomes like, you know, yeah, that last year was probably the best year he's ever going to have. You know, he's not going to replicate replicate that. So the question is is he like more of like that 7.4% barrel rate guy which it wouldn't take him long with a hot streak to get back to that level for like the barrel rate or is he more the you know like 5% barrel rate guy of 2020 the 4.3% barrel rate of guy of 2018 where he's really relying on just pulling fly balls for um you know for his power. So you know things are down but things are generally down and i think one thing one thing that i've noticed a lot is you know one of the reasons why the bouncy ball in the past was so interesting is because it it really boosted the most those guys who were like 15 home run hitters mm-hmm. you know Friendry it got them guys. to 20 got them to 25 and I think what you're seeing, and I feel this deeply on my teams, because that's how I build teams. I get a lot of those guys. I get your Cabrian Hayes's. I get your, you know, uh, Justin Turners, your kind of guys who have balanced contributions, your Jorge Polanco's, guys like that. And those guys are the ones that I think are getting hurt the most by this. And I think that Simeon probably is too. The one thing I'd say about Simeon, though, is that, you know, um, things will improve. You know, the reason why the ball, you know, there's all this stuff out there about like major league baseball, changing the ball. Essentially what they did is just install humidors in all of the ballparks. Like that's, that's what is happening. They didn't change the the actual baseball there. I mean, it changes the baseball, but it's just a humidor. And what we've seen in past years is that home runs will go up, you know, over the summer and they'll increase and people will start getting those home runs again. And Semyon will probably be that guy, but, you know, again, like kind of aging, just had a career year, you know, so it's probably not going to be pretty when it's all said and done. So is he like a fifteen ten guy? Maybe is he like a 2015 guy, whatever it is, he's probably not getting you back that, that value that you invested in him.
1: Yeah, not at all. So yeah, I agree. There'll be some positives coming, but um, this is what I was worried about with Simeon pitchers ballpark, not the greatest lineup. Natural regression coming. It's all hitting at the same time right now. So, well, I, I honestly he could be a buy low just because it can't be much worse. He might be better, but like don't expect what you saw last year. Let's put it that way as well. Oh yeah, like, I mean
2: if if he hits if he hits three twenty in his next or if he p- hits three hundred over his next one hundred twenty plate appearances, then he's hitting all of a sudden he's hitting two forty. Is that right? Yeah. Then all of a sudden he's
1: hitting two forty. And he's about where the projections had him at, you know? Yeah. All right. Half-Baked Ball asks, has pocket aces been compromised by the dead ball?
2: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. No, I mean, it's a really good, I think. so, So my completely biased thoughts on what may transpire over the course of the season is right now all the pitchers are doing well. And so it's devaluing those aces. And so the question becomes, as we get as it gets warmer, as the humidor has kind of the the opposite effect, you know, um, over the summer, then then will the will these guys still be able to be as good as they are being? And my guess is that they will not. And I think that's when the cream rises to the top um, in terms of the um, in terms of those elite starting pitchers, again, dominating. That doesn't mean like, uh, you know, there are guys that are out there that are doing really well and have really nice skills, and I'm sure they'll continue to do well, but there's a lot of guys that are getting by on batted ball stuff. And so I think that's what's going to happen, and I also think you're going to see those kind of guys that generally benefit from a livelier ball getting a, a few more home runs and catching up a little bit, but still finishing down from where they they were projected at the beginning of the season. So, and that's totally biased because that would definitely benefit all my teams. And so that's why I think it's going to happen.
1: <laughs> Let's hope so. Cause like a little, to make this game, the analysis part of it work, we need the aces to ace, at least most of them, not all of them. There's going to be duds every year, but we need a little something to uh, to separate from the average arms. Basically uh, John Wilder asks with the ball playing the way it has, do you see yourself leaning more starting pitchers over relief pitchers wonder if the bats will come alive this summer, especially if MLB gets involved and changes the ball, try to build the lead in Ks and wins before the offense heats up. I could see that angle. I've heard some other people talk about that, add as many starters as possible before the conditions change, then go like your Paul walls of the world and stuff and, and see where things go. Um, I'm kind of playing matchups, I'm not trying to overthink it, but I, I see the angle. I definitely see the angle. So how do you go about it?
2: Yeah, I definitely think there's some, um, there's definitely some credence to that. Uh, I think and trying to get your innings in now. I would just caution folks that it's just it's it's all kind of relative, right? And so I wouldn't be throwing starting pitchers that I think are bad right now or that I don't think are good. But like you said, working the matchups, um, maybe not being as afraid to go with a guy who, um, you know, who gives up a little bit more contact, but you know has that good matchup or guys who are pitching at home you know just kind of trying to take advantage of all those different edges and yeah trying to get those innings up now before i think things turn around a little bit which i think they will
1: yeah 100% with you on that uh two more questions we got here uh Greg at Haim Greg one first base is so sparse barren futile in my league who are some underperformers to target or particularly heralded waiver wire targets to check out well, I've been preaching Josh Naylor for a while, but I think he's probably gonna be gone after the last few performances. Um Paven Smith, if you can still get him, mm. I like Paven Smith quite a bit. Been kind of banging that drum for a while. And then I'd have to look at some more first base so those are the two that came to my mind immediately. Uh anybody that stands out to you?
2: Yeah, I mean I think it depends on on how many um <clears throat> how many teams are in your leagues. Uh in your league, obviously, but uh, Christian Walker is a guy I like a lot. You know, all the peripherals are really nice. He's doing everything well, patience, contact, quality of contact. Um, but just not, not getting the ball to drop One seventy one Babbitt. He's hitting a lot of balls to like center and right center where they're kind of dying right now. But I think those will be home runs later in the season. Um, Guriel, <clears throat> Gurriel, you know, again, That's not you not know, pretty the be- with him. It's not, it's not pretty with him, but just, just remember, like we're a month into the season, pretty much like we're a month. They haven't even played 30 games. We're less than, we're less than a fifth of the way through the season. And, you know, he's got a two thirty seven BABIP, you know, which is down. He generally doesn't rely on, on barrels. So I'm not too concerned about that. i um, still getting that position in the lineup. So he's a guy I would say, um, I mean, even Votto, like when he comes back, uh, not being afraid. Yandy, Diaz, if you're looking for batting average, more walks than strikeouts. Um, just all around solid first base, third base, and and can kind of get, get the job done. So those are some guys. But I think out of all those, Walker is the guy that would have me the most excited.
1: A couple others I'd mention if since we keep talking matchups. If the Rays have a lot of righties on tap, G-Man Choi is a great one to target in that scenario. Because you have to play him in and out, but that's one guy to look at. And then one I would look at for sure with Frank Schwindel getting sent down, see what the Cubs do with um, with Rivas, um, Alfonso Rivas. He's been swinging it pretty good. He might get some run, like, pretty positive. He's, unless you're, like, in a 25-team league, he's probably available out there for you. All right, uh, last one here, Grant Gauley asks, Will Ben Nintendi hit for any power or run? The projections seem to think so. How much longer to wait? I'm still a Benintendi guy. Uh, the Royals as a whole have been dreadful to start the season, like really, really bad. And I think that'll change as things heat up in the Midwest. He's got a homer, but more importantly, he's hitting 330. I know the Babbitt's 366, but he's hitting for average. When that team starts to click, I think he'll start to get it going too. He's never been a super power guy. Like you're hoping for like 15-15 with Benintendi. I wouldn't give up on him, but maybe I'm overthinking or underthinking it. What are your thoughts, Toby?
2: Yeah, um, I mean, power has never really been his huge strong suit, but he showed some increases, you know, uh, last year. He's got four barrels, one home run. So, you know, again, he should maybe be at two home runs. Max EV is low uh, right now. So that's a little bit of a concern, especially after 83 batted ball events. The launch angle is down as well. Let's check out his ground ball rate. Ground ball rate is down at 54.2%, which is not great either. Uh, Hard hit rate at 19.3. It's not looking great. I have a lot of Benintendi. I mean, there's not a lot to love there um, that I'm seeing. So hopefully things get better.
1: I think I will just (laughs) because that team, like it's almost one of those, I think it'll be like... um... I don't know. It'll, it'll catch on like fire with when they all start to hit. It's just been so bad right now. It's just it's really really bad with that team. I could be just doing. That's just being a ball player. I kind of you, you, your teams click together usually, and I, I think that'll help for all of them. Will he hit for a ton of power? Who knows? But I think the overall adjustments will be good. So we'll see. Maybe there's better options. That'd be something to ask. Like if you have some other options on the wire, we, we can discuss that with for you on a future show. But for now, Toby. That'll wrap us up. So, final thoughts as week six fab in the book, and uh, Reed Detmers just threw a no hitter on your bench. He did throw a, um, but you a got Gavin Cheats with two home runs and five RBIs. Already. I did get Gavin Cheats. So this, and Drury with
2: home runs. Yeah, See so the yin and the end. I, I, I also added Ryan Brazier in every single one of my leagues. And don't forget, you got Matt Strom as well. So I did get him in one one place, and and Brazier to his credit and what he's been doing. Uh, and the reason why I went after him, he did pitch a clean, clean inning, you know, Good. so that, that'll help the ratios, uh, no strikeouts though. I did get totally fooled by, uh, Zach, um, on the Jordan Romano IL. So I apologize for freaking people out about that, but, um, yeah, enjoy your, your fabbing everybody enjoy George Kirby. Uh, yeah. I assume it'll take about four hundred dollars to get him, depending on how well he pitches. Yeah, what did week. what did
1: what did we say? I can't remember who tweeted. Was it, I think it was Medica tweeted out that he was available in one main event league, and he went for like four seventy 400. something or something like that. Yeah, yeah. you get him. You get Alec Thomas um, mm. for uh, Arizona. There's me a, a handful of prospects yet again. So I think you guys will know our philosophy on this, but do what you got to do and, and see where it takes you. But uh, as Josh says in the chat, Naylor's been crushing. That is correct. I'm very happy with that. But uh, yeah, fun week. Another good week in the books. Fab is interesting with all these prospects and speculations. And man, I I, I meant to put it over in one. Let me, okay, I'll just pull it up real quick. I meant to mention this with um with the uh, fr- the free the, the Fab results this week, and I totally um botched it. But it was in one of my OCs. So I got I got here it was right out the gate. One person, I will not mention their name. But they added Royce Lewis, Melendez, Yepes, Brojas, and Miranda. All of them they put the same bid in of one hundred and twenty dollars. So they just spent six hundred bucks on their five players in one week. OCs are the best, aren't they? They are. That just, I I forgot, I wanted to mention that because it just like sums up just how stupid they are. But uh, it's fun times, fun times as always. We'll do it again for you guys next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Make sure you check out Toby on Twitter at BatFlipCrazy. I'm at BDNTrick, and we will catch you guys next time.